The following is brought to you by Braided Media. My next guest on the Movember podcast series, All Around Men's Health, is John Collinson. John is an experienced technology executive whom I have the pleasure of working with for, I want to say, it's just maybe it's about a decade, maybe just shy of that. You know, he inspired me about a month back when he reached out and shared success he had achieved related to his health and fitness. And in fact, it immediately prompted me getting in, getting him in for this episode. He opens up and shares the behind the scenes of his journey. Um, He'll inspire you with the mindset shift that he had to make to stay true to what he set out to do. And his story illustrates that taking small incremental steps is a path to unlock wealth in your health. Later on in the episode, I broached a topic of vulnerability with him and love what he shares about his journey. He imparts a very simple life philosophy, which I find very empowering and sure you will as well. There's just so much about this episode that provides a backdrop for inspiration and why focusing on men's health matters. And in fact, how about I just stop this intro now and get you right into the episode? Enjoy. We can all take action to live healthier, happier, and longer lives. Did you know that men die on average six years earlier than women and for reasons that are largely preventable? Which means that it doesn't have to be that way. The Movember movement was started 18 years ago to change the face of men's health and help them live happier, healthier, longer lives. This November, the Empowered in My Skin podcast has opened up the conversation around men's health. Our goal is to help unpack what it means and how it feels to struggle and grapple with the idea of masculinity and take a deeper dive into the root of common men's health and mental health issues. We have two personal stories and one panel discussion episodes in store for you all geared towards shining the light on this important topic and opening more doors of discussion. We trust that you will enjoy this three-episode series. And remember, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy this episode, subscribe, like, and share it within your network. So, great day, John. I'm very excited to have you um, as a guest talking, you know, very specifically around men's health. And I was very inspired about um, a story that you told me. And so to all of those, all of my listeners, um, that's actually what led to us getting here on today. As you know, we're running a series on in November all around men's health to put a lot of focus on such an important topic. And John shared something with me, which I'm very excited. We're going to start, we're going to just go right in, um, you know, but he shared with me something that inspired um, me tremendously. Um, and so, Paul, um, so John, I'd love to you to talk about, you know, this journey, the most recent journey that you're on regarding your health. And, you know, um, yeah, just let's just, I'm just going to let you tell the story. <laughs> sure. Thanks, Nketchi. Uh Yeah, so back in, well, I guess, March time frame, I've been thinking about it for a while, probably before that. Uh, I started to focus on changing what I eat and getting off my lazy butt and actually getting some exercise. And, you know, it, it's funny with, with us being home from this COVID, COVID situation for so long, you'd think you'd actually get more exercise. But when I started to watch my phone, I wear this Apple Watch thing, um, I realized I wasn't even getting in 2,000 steps a day, right? I was, like, on average, right? Like, I, I was not moving at all. And I think two things triggered it for me. I turned 50 in February. And, uh, and then the second, the second part was, 
you know, as we were in that, I call it, I guess it was third lockdown. I've lost track of any lockdown. But uh, uh, I started to realize that my own health was not great from a respiratory perspective. And, and so, you know, as I'd heard of others going through COVID, I kind of started thinking, if I ever got this thing, am I actually going to survive it? And so, you know, that wasn't the main motivation, but it was one of those things that, you know, was in my head. And so we just started on the road. My wife and I would walk. We live on a country road here. And if we walk one end to the other and back, it's exactly a mile. And so we just started doing a mile after dinner and did that four or five times a week. And then we do two months, right? And initially it wasn't about, you know, how do I get to a certain weight or how it was about, how do I just get off my butt, right? But very quickly after, so so we started late March. I, I officially started tracking things on April the 9th because that's when I see the data starting my phone, right? <laughs> um, and so from April the 9th forward, uh, you know, I've just continued to build it up. So I, 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 I bought an app, an app on my phone to track my, my food, a particular app that I find very useful. And it keeps track of what I eat. And then it also keeps track of um, the exercise. That I eat. Mm-hmm. And some of that exercise I get credit for, and it allows me to eat a little bit more. <laughs> but it doesn't give you all of those calories. It also gives you calories towards weight loss right? mm. so it keeps you balanced on that regard and as long as you stay in the green zone from a number perspective it can, but I'm not starving myself I still eat breakfast, lunch and dinner and usually a snack right but I, you know, it guides you on what to eat mm-hmm. you, know, you eat things that are it calls green or yellow and says try to avoid eating the red stuff mm-hmm. right? you know, a color coding scheme you and I are both <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, where I actually missed the walk if I didn't take the walk. Mm. Right, so it became my. I, I don't generally think about work. I usually put on a playlist now. I put a headset on. But we got to a point with my wife and I walking. My wife has a, a knee injury. I couldn't make my watch track it as exercise if I didn't walk faster. Mm. <laughs> I could, I, but I ended up walking at a pace that was much faster than my wife could walk. So then I changed the schedule. So now I walk in the morning. I get out of bed, 6.30, out on the road, and then I started extending it. So, you know, we were doing the two miles on our road. Then I went up. We live at the end of a county road. That's, there's no traffic. So if we walk all the way up to the highway and back, that's a four-kilometer round trip. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a while, right, every day. And then I extended it to the next world over. So that's five kilometers round trip. And that's my normal now, uh, you know, work day morning. And then on the weekends, I usually do something longer. So this morning I did thank All right. And it's just been a gradual, continuous build of the exercise. So the exercise from walking plus the change in the fuel I consume to much healthier choices has allowed me to go from 
275, 275 pounds on the 1st of April. Today, I'm 203. Wow. Oh 72 God. pounds I've lost. Wow. None of my clothes fit. When we have to go back to the office from this, I'm going to have to buy clothes because I have nothing to wear. Um, but, uh, and the side effect that I never even thought about at the beginning of all this is for 20 years, I've been taking medication for blood pressure, for hypertension. Mm. About halfway through this journey from April till now, I started to feel lightheaded when I get out of the chair. And I didn't know why. I'm like, what's going on? And so, but I, I have a blood pressure cuff at home, and I finally decided I'm going to check my blood pressure. But I was thinking, it can't be that. I've had high blood pressure for so long, there's no way I have mold. But I'd also realized that at that point in time, I'd lost about 30 pounds. I thought, maybe. So I checked it, and sure enough, it was like crazy, though, like 105 over 60, right? Which I'd never seen my blood pressure at that level, ever. Uh, and so I went to the doctor. I tracked it for a few days, and we had the data. And I went to the doctor. Said, this is what I've seen for the last week. He goes, "Yeah, we probably should cut your medicine in half." I said, "Okay." So we did that. And then we went another two months, and I got lightheaded. <laughs> so I went back, and uh, sure enough, he's like, "I think we need to take you off your meds." <laughs> He goes, you're 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 too low, right? You're, we're over medicating you right now. And so I go back tomorrow morning, and it's been a month now that I've been off my medication. And so the huge bonus for me is I'm not taking any meds. That's so amazing! Wow. And my blood pressure, I took it today after I walked 10k at pace. I did 10k in just shy of 90 minutes, which is a very fast walking pace. And it was 117 over 7. Wow. There no. Wow. Congrats. So that was that was the story that John just shared with me. And I and you know, I thank you for actually sharing with me on the day that you did and the moment that you did it meant a lot to me. And that is such a testimony. And so congratulations. Thank you. That's, That's great. Yeah. I got a whole new wardrobe out of this. <laughs> you get a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> A little bit of. She was in the closet the other day, and she goes, "I don't think any of these things are going to fit you." So, just a couple of things that are sentimental. Like, I love that sweater, <laughs> right? But like every pair of jeans I own has got six inches. So I've gone in that journey. I was two XL T-shirts, size thirty, uh, sorry, size forty pants. The T-shirt I'm wearing right here is a medium. Wow. And my pants are a size 34 now. Wow. That's incredible. And so, oh my gosh, I have so many. So I have a number of questions. So one of the things, I mean, I think the biggest thing I, I, I wrote as you were talking is like, you almost did like habit stacking, right? There's this book by James Clear, Atomic Habits, that talks about you started with something really, really simple. And then as you, as you conquered that, you added something else to it and added something to, yeah. else to it for this long and, you know, um, um, sustainable results, right? Which are really, really awesome. But through that all, I mean, what was the, what would, what was the most challenging thing that you had to overcome? Like, so when you think about where you started April 1st to where you are now, like, what, 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 looking back on that, what's the hardest thing that you've had to overcome? There, there's been a few things that I've had to overcome in this journey. So, 
I think the first one was just a mental block of getting my butt moving, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, your audience isn't going to know this. I know you know this, but, you know, I had an accident eight years ago, mm-hmm. eight, 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 eight years ago this week. Um, and um, I broke three vertebrae in my back, compressed three vertebrae, lost three-fourths of an inch in height. Uh, you know, it was off work for four, four and a half months. And at the time, the doctors had given me a lot of restrictions around what I could do physically after that. You know, don't do any contact sports. Don't do this. Don't do that. And then I had learned through Dick's trial and error that, well, I could do individual sports. I, I could, I, at the time, I was a soccer referee, and I could run on grass and artificial turf, and that was fun. But if I ran on concrete or asphalt, my, I feel it in my back. Mm. Right? So that doesn't work so well. So I had part of this was a mental block in my own mind that said I had never thought of walking as the exercise method to shed the weight I had gained over the years. Mm. Right? You know, I'd always thought you know people that lose weight they run, they cycle, they do you know what all what I would have called more intensive forms of exercise. Mm-hmm. And so I never really thought about walking as the way I was going to shed weight. Mm-hmm. I thought of it as you know. Everybody says you should just walk for health reasons, but you know, you know, I was thinking it would make me healthier, not that it would help me lose seven point pound. Um, and so, you know, that was the first mental block: is what was this thing I could do to even start to lose the weight and get myself back in shape? And so I started with walking, but I was still thinking I I would need to find something. Something. I think the second one was just how, you know, how out of shape I was. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was a bit of that embarrassment factor, how slowly I was walking in the first place and you know, the neighbors aren't going to see me. I'll be honest, the neighborhood's been real slow. They can all see it. You just have seen the weight because we're in, you know, we, we live in the country. We don't see a lot of people. We've got 25 neighbors. And, you know, one of them, we, we have a road meeting because we have a private road. We got to take care of a road uh, I went to the road meeting. One of my neighbors said, "You're fading away to nothing." I said, "Yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. I've lost thirty pounds at that point." And she goes, "Keep it going. You're doing great, right?" And you know, everybody keeps checking in on me, see how I'm doing. But uh, yeah, it's been a journey. But mm-hmm. the mental block is yeah. probably the biggest hurdle. Just motivating myself to actually get off the couch and yeah. go. And and now it's it's the opposite. Yeah. I feel guilty when I don't get up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? but it took me, you know, going through that routine to do it. Yeah. Now on the weight loss side, it wasn't an intentional number. I started with I'm two seventy five. Let's see if I can get to two fifty. Right, that's where my head was at. So this is my I'm on my third goal. Mm-hmm. Right, my first goal was two fifty. My second, I uh, hit that in. I want to say early June. I could look it up, but somewhere around early June. Then I set it to 2.30, hit that in the middle of the summer. And then I said, all right, if I can go this far, my, now my goal is I want to weigh a number that doesn't start with a two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And so yeah, my goal is 199, but in my head I actually have a fourth goal, which is I'm probably going to aim to get to 190. Mm-hmm. Because what I want to do is get to a number where I can, you know, you can have some fluctuation, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be bouncing back and forth over the two mark. Yeah. I'd rather get far enough below it and say, okay, I can bounce up and down a bit, but I'm never going back over too much. Yeah. 
Wow. So, so that the mental hurdle was the biggest one, and then uh, and then it's just about not making excuses. Yeah. Like, you know, I could be making excuses right now because the the sun doesn't rise till seven a.m. Now. Yeah. If I started walking at seven, I wouldn't be at work in time, right? Yeah. But I like to get going right at eight o'clock. Right, and then at night the sun sets at seven o'clock right now, and it'll be out sooner, sorry, earlier soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've started eliminating those excuses. We don't streetlights, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, you're walking in the dark, no one can see you. Mm-hmm. So I bought a reflective vest, mm-hmm. I got a headlamp for my baseball mm-hmm. cap. Right, so I leave at six thirty still, but I'm walking with my flashing. Yes, yeah, your reflective gear. You just make it work, yeah. Because, because I need the cars to be able to see me. Yeah, we don't have sidewalks, right? Yeah. I walk on the opposite side of the traffic, so I'm I'm facing the traffic, not with the traffic. Yeah, I don't think we got taught as kids about how to walk on um, roads. Uh, I do that, but it's you know, I uh, to, I don't know the exact number, but we're somewhere around 110 consecutive days now that I've walked. Yeah, well, it's 185 days since April 1st. I actually looked it up. Yeah, but yeah. I, I didn't do it every day starting April 1st. Okay. Start, starting June 11th, you, every. I, I have walked 5K or greater every day since June 11th. Wow. And so that leads me to my next question. So many questions, but the next one I want to ask you, because I, it's, I, what I've recognized and just having been in the fitness industry for a long time is people tend to walk away from their goal just at that tipping point. So they never quite, you know, just one more day. How do you know it's just not one more day? And I love how you talked about it eventually became an addiction. And I use that a lot. I'm very addicted to my health, you know? And so how many, how many, (laughs) how many days in, because they, you know, a lot of people say it's three, it's 21 days to a habit, but it's actually, I learned the science says it's 66 days. So I'm curious to know how many days in were you, um, when it became an addiction? Do you know? I think you're probably closer to the 66 days, right? Um, one of the benefits of, the app that I use to track my fitness aspect of this. It's just the native app on my Apple phone. It's not, it's not, I don't buy an app. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you can, you can go back in history. I can see every day, right? And that's why I know it's June the 11th when I haven't missed a day since, right? But when I look back, April, I didn't even wear my watch consistently. So I don't know what I did in April. May started to see you know more circles closing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, June first and on is it's a solid mass of circles. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 you know that you know that I, I it was probably halfway from June eleventh to the hundred day mark when I said you know what I'm going to get to that hundred consecutive dates. Like now that's my goal. Yeah, and I you know and and I've had lots of you know. The day I had my, the day after I had my second COVID shot, right? You're down for the count. I didn't close my rope. I didn't close my move ring that day. I didn't close my stand ring that day. <laughs> but I still did my five kick. Woo! Right? And it was hard because yeah. I was feeling dumb. But, uh, but I, uh, I did it. Yeah. And it was slower than normal. Yeah. Right? But I did. And, and it's, it's the only day I probably, probably could have had a good excuse to miss, but I didn't miss. Yeah. Right. And I haven't missed one since. So, uh, you know, you have days, you know, there's days I get up, uh, you know, I, I, I 
something's going on, I can't do it in the morning, then I do it at night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, so we don't always do it at the same pace, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, you know, if my wife hasn't, if I didn't do it in the morning and my wife hasn't been out, a lot of times we'll get in the car, we only live about a mile out of the village here. Mm-hmm. We'll go park the car in the village, they have streetlights. We'll walk together and we'll find a route through the village that gives us four or five kilometers. Yeah. And, right? And do that. So, uh, you know, it's, and, and the, the other part of this is, is it hasn't been a solo trip. My mm-hmm. wife is on a similar journey. She, I started first, but she joined me. Yeah. So we've changed the diet together. Uh, you know, we, we've started exercising together. She's out walking right now. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, but we, we do it. Sometimes we do it together. Sometimes we do it separately. Because uh, I, I really do like to go at my pace to mm-hmm. get going. In. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I was never a big mute. I shouldn't say that. I like music. But I've never uh, put headphones on and listened to music. And I can't walk without me without a playlist now. <laughs> You got your beats on. I know you're wearing beats. I yeah. I, I, I change my It's raining. I wear the little white ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wreck the beats, right? Uh, if it's not, I'll wear the beats. So. Mm-hmm. And to anyone that's, to anyone that lives, I hope you picked that up. So you, you, John, you've totally brought to spirit the life of what Brené Brown says. And it's, you know, it's not about the 60 minutes. The 10 minutes you do is better than the 60 that you don't. You know, yeah. you just said you do it in the rain. So you also do it in the sun, like you know. It's it's just as that commitment to self that's that's um that's really huge. And uh, you know, how have you rewarded yourself along the way? I think the biggest. Well, I did set a goal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to cook, mm-hmm. and when we moved into this house, our barbecue is about eleven years old, right? And it's propane, and here I have natural gas. Um, so I, I said to myself at the beginning of this journey, if I get below 200, I'm buying a new barbecue. All right? So I've got three pounds to go. Um, I have bought the barbecue. Um, but, uh, yeah. It's coming. It's coming next week. Well, yeah, you know what? It's, it's that close. It's close to 201. Today. I'm at 203. But, uh, yeah, we, you know, back to the how do I reward myself, you know, it, it's not a punishment. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, on the diet side, you know, mix some things in, right? You, 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 you're going to have a day, you know, I drink, that's the other thing I've changed with this. I drink a lot less alcohol, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, a lot of calories in alcohol, if you don't know that. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, you mix it in when you feel the moment, but, you know, you don't need to drink a bottle. You can have, you know, wine, you can have a glass of wine, yeah. you can have a can of beer mm-hmm. or whatever, but, you know, Moderation is the key. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know. As I went through the diet thing, you know, one of the first things I did was I ditched anything that was drinking my calories. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. My go-to drink is it's in a little fridge here beside my desk. Mm-hmm. Is uh, those little bubbly sparkling? Ones. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of different flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, the trick there is if you get hungry in the middle of the afternoon, you drink some water. Mm-hmm. It actually fills your stomach up, takes that hunger away. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're not you're not eating for the sake of eating. Mm-hmm. You know, the app I had, um, I don't, I haven't named it because I don't know if you like product discussion. Well, so so funny. I was about to say that. I'm sure all the listeners are like, Inky, she ask about that app is. I'm like, it's coming because there's a specific question. 
that's going to be towards the end. So you just have to keep waiting. The app name, I want to know too. The app name is coming. So, so the, the app is out there. And uh, one of the things it does, and there's other apps that do the same thing that don't do this, is every day there's 10 minutes in it of reading and it teaches you some psychology. Mm. It teaches you how to actually pick foods. Mm-hmm. Right? And one of the things it taught me was about this concept called caloric density, which yeah. I've never heard. Mm-hmm. And you've probably heard of it because you're 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 a pro in all this stuff, right? But if you take a cup of grapes mm-hmm. and a cup of raisins, yes, one is <laughs> that shriveled up raisin only has two calories, just like grape parts, yeah. right? But when it's a shriveled up raisin, you get a hundred more. Yes, yes. <laughs> so if you got a cup of grapes with two calories each, that's only 20 calories and it fills your stomach back up. Yeah. Right? yeah. Whereas if you eat that cup of raisins, yeah. Yeah, very, ca- snack, very caloric yeah. dense. Yeah. Now, now you got 200 calories yeah. instead of 20. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah, and, and that's been the thing. It's changing the diet wasn't hard. I'll eat most foods. Mm-hmm. But I just never thought about going to fruits because mm-hmm. I like my salty nuts. Yeah. I like my potato chips. Yeah. I like my... And it's interesting because I thought it would be hard. Yeah. My, my son and daughter still live here. They're in their 20s. But, you know, with the COVID situation, one's in school and the other one's living here right now. Those foods are in the house. I don't... I don't... Like, they're, I, I eat a lot of popcorn. I, you know, I bought the popcorn there. The light, lightweight, Orville Redenbacher has a light version of microwave popcorn. And I buy it by the box. It's a big <laughs> box store. Right? And uh, right above it is a bag of tortillas in the cupboard. It's been there for like eight weeks now. I haven't touched it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I reach for the popcorn and it yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's funny because I, what I've learned through this whole process is how many things that I love actually work good for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if any of you like salsa, there's no doubt. Oh my gosh, salsa is amazing. It's a, it's a great. Eat as much salsa yeah, as you want. Yeah. It is a bodybuilder delight too. Yes. I love it. So where I want to take you next is a little bit more around the residual benefits or effects, that domino effect. You spoke about it, you know, um, you know, with your medication, but you know, you've, you've been a leader in my life for gosh, well over about a decade, really. Yeah, it's about a decade. And uh, you've brought a lot of meaning into my life. You've brought a lot of challenge in good ways. I mean, like, so we work together. And so, you know, you've really helped me propel my career. But what I would like to say, just, you know, not to get emotional about it, but, you know, in the last maybe like three years, especially, like just listening to you speak makes me feel emotional, right? Like there's a there's a way that you connect now um, to me, to my heart. And so you've become a really impassioned leader, you know, um, you, you share very vulnerably, you know, and I think about, you know, and we kind of talked about that in the B-roll that I was going to bring this up around the mask of masculinity and how hard it is for men to be vulnerable. Um, but would love to even just talk about, you know, your journey to getting there, how that's helped with your mental health and, you know, has even just this 
you know, just you becoming lighter and human, has that even, how has that affected your leadership? So I know I just asked you a lot of things there, but maybe, yeah, maybe let's just talk about your journey to vulnerability. It was a journey too, right? You know, um, I would say I've always been a, I come from a family where being your emotional self is support, right? First of all, okay. right? So, you know, as a male, you know, you're not supposed to be emotional or at least not the sad kind of emotional or the teary kind of emotional. Uh, you know, you've got to be strong. <laughs> Yelling, screams, okay, but cries not. Uh, yeah, that's not my family's style. Yeah, we're, um, we, we hug, we tell each other we love you. We, you know, that, you know, uh, and cry and that's good too and you know my dad my mother my sister you know they're all they're all a little bit androgynous uh you know so uh, you know we we you know we, we embrace all that stuff and it's it's acceptable yeah the society around us on the other hand you know not so much uh, so I would say for the first I've lost track of what year I'm 15 years of my uh, career. Yeah, I think, you know, we, I wasn't always in banking. I, I started at the bank, left for six years, came back, you know, and then I've been here ever since. And, you know, but through all that, you know, you, you put on this kind of corporate demeanor of, you know, this is what a, you know, corporate, you know, male leader looks like, right? You know, that, you know, traditional persona of, um, it's almost the command and control model back at that point, right? You know, got your stuff together, you're organized, you're structured, you know, you, you, you got direction. Um, I think there's two events that I kind of aligned to this change. One was the accident I had in 
as long as you do it in a way that allows you to get out of bed every morning and be mm-hmm. happy, and you're treating everybody else with the same respect that they mm-hmm. can get out of bed, mm-hmm. right? And if you can embrace that, you're going to get along with me, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And then so the rest of it about being vulnerable and you know a lot of the things that you know you've seen in me in the last ten years, I believed before that. Mm-hmm. It's not like I changed my belief system. Mm-hmm. It's just. Uh, I've been a more authentic version of myself than yeah. I was for the first 15 years. Yeah. You've allowed yourself, you've given yourself voice in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so, I mean, not, not calling out your colleagues or, you know, fellow males, but, you know, fellow men around you and even just what you see in the world today. Like if you had to sort of, you know, you have a microphone right now and, you know, your journey to getting to that authentic self and others that still struggle with it. What would be your, you know, what's a message that you can share? Uh, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, Seen Arising. I've seen it rising, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, great book. Uh, you know, it, yeah, it talks about allyship in the context of, uh, you know, the relationship between men and women. But that principle of allyship in the men and women context really applies to allyship more broadly. Right, and so my initial focus on it was, you know, uh, around you know women in leadership and you know, all the work that we've done over the last many years around you know, trying to create equality for women in, in the in the environment that we work together in. Uh, but I've embraced that thought process about um, really all members of the community, and one of the things that's in Athena Rising that uh, David and Brad talked about um, is the need for people to go first and to be that mm-hmm. voice because while we don't necessarily realize it, at least I probably hadn't realized it until I read the book, being silent means you're supporting the other side of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Whereas if you lead and demonstrate that behavior, you know, now others can see that it's acceptable mm-hmm. or that someone's being a voice to remind people that that's not acceptable, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, that was really kind of how I started. I started by just attending women in leadership events, you know, not necessarily being an outspoken person, but at least going, oh, I'm here, let's talk, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, me, it doesn't take me long to talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and eventually you know, you know but you know that, that concept of allyship is I very much am a believer that that is, a, that, that is not a label you give yourself that is something you have to earn and, mm. and you know members of the community have given me that label and I, and I appreciate that label but I also respect the right? mm-hmm. I want to you know, I want to continue to demonstrate and continue to earn that label, um, or you know, not not feel like I'm entitled to. Mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that vulnerability comes from demonstrating the right behaviors, you know, in your day to day, whether you're at home or at work. And uh, you know, um, you know, we never, I would say, no one ever gets it perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, there 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 is no perfect in my mind, but you know. If you're, if you can go about your way, be reflective upon it each day. Mm-hmm. I forget where I picked this up, but about, I'd love to give credit to whoever 
said it first that it wasn't me, but you know, I kind of get out of bed now with the whole mindset of, you know, can I be better today than I was yesterday? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, we trip and have a you know, do something we're not supposed to or say something we're not supposed to. The question is, can I learn from it? And so, you know, whether you're dealing with allyship or you're dealing with uh, you know being a role model to you know, male emotional vulnerability or other things, it's all about. And just going about your day, being comfortable with who you are, mm-hmm. love the name of your podcast, empowered in your skin, because that's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Right? You're creating the empowerment in your skin, so uh, you know, we'll go from there. And then other people benefit. That's when you become the lead domino. I call it the lead domino for empowerment. And so, you know, just to wrap up that last bit of that question I was asking around, sort of the residual benefits and whatnot. It's very specific to you know, how you show up every single day outside of, you know, the weight that you're losing. But as the, I, I like to say it as the weight shed, you know, what, what, what else shed with it in terms of how you're showing up every day for others? Uh, I probably didn't acknowledge my fitness and health in the past. I talked about it as, you know, mm-hmm. I've been talking about this journey at you Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because I think it's important. Like people would have known about it if we had been in the office, because they would have been able to see it as it happened. Uh, and you know, to your point around empowerment and all that, given my role in the organization, I have a platform. Mm-hmm. It, it's easier for me as a leader in our organization to share and model my behavior that hopefully will you know, cause others to say, "John can do it." I can do it, right? But, you know, if I had done it 25 years ago when I was a new developer coming into TV, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have the followership of the journey that I have today. Yeah. So part of it is my willingness to share my story is, and part of it is I'm just freaking proud. You know, I'll be honest, right? Like, I never thought I'd pull this off. You know, you know, I, I, you know uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, you know, I've seen other people go through similar changes and wondered how they did it and, and all that. But uh, yeah, it's it's actually not as hard as I thought. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about getting started and yeah, then and then staying committed, yeah. figuring out the mind the mindset. There's a great quote that I love that says, "Commitment is staying true to what you said you're going to do long after the feeling which you said it has passed." And you know, you kind of said it through some of your story that there's some days where it was harder. Like after you got the shot, it was hard, but you stayed committed, you know? And there's probably some days where you walk a little bit faster than other days because whatever's happening inside of your body, but you're still doing it, you know? And, and so it's that, uh, is that commitment is very, very inspiring. And so I, um, I've gone to the part of, you know, our discussion where I'd love to ask you some rapid thrivers. And yes, everybody, the app is coming just one more second. So when you think of, um, when you think of, I call these rapid thrivers. So when you think of someone who inspires you, who comes to mind first and why? My mother. Mm. Uh, because she went through a significant weight loss journey of her own about three years ago and she has maintained it since then too uh, and she's you know, you know what number I lost she lost more weight than that wow right okay and she can't exercise to the level I do so you think about how hard yeah. it to be yeah. and she's still going so that's great that's awesome a book what's a book that has helped you with your thrive like just in life it doesn't have to be specific to this journey 
that's a good question because I'll be honest, we read so much at work, I don't read a lot of books at home. Um, I know I mentioned Athena Rising. Yeah. It's an excellent book. I think of it, uh, uh, it's kind of like the Bible. Right? Mm. It's one of those books you want to keep around and be able to go back reference. to reference. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, it's, it's not, you know, I, you know, I think I referenced it more when I first got it than I do now, but it was one of those books I read where I'm not a huge reader, as I said, I couldn't put the damn thing down. Hmm. I read it cover to cover on a beach chair in the Caribbean, uh, while we were on vacation and it was, it was a great read. Mm-hmm. And there's so much in there that, you know, whether you read it in the context of, uh, gender equality or you just read it in the context of being a good human mm-hmm. it's a good book. yeah so, okay i'll reference that I, I, we'll I, i've encouraged women to read the book even though it's really targeted at men mm-hmm. because the way the book's written it helps women understand how men are thinking too yeah that's awesome right. so i will i will reference that and now the moment that we've all been waiting for drum rolls <laughs> <laughs> what is that app that has helped you with your thrive? <laughs> it's called Noom. N O O M. Oh. Pay for it. Uh, you know, I don't think I'll use it forever, but certainly while I'm going through the journey, uh, there are other apps out there, like I mentioned, that you can track your your caloric intake and what you're eating, and you know, scan the barcode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, keep track of your fitness on and all that. The big difference on this one isn't all that stuff. It's the psychological and the training element of it that every day it gives you 10 minutes of learning. And that learning was key, like extremely key mm-hmm. to the, probably the first month to six weeks for me because of the fact that it focused on what are your triggers, what are the things you're eating, you know, why should you choose that over that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it educated you about um, you know what's in certain foods and the caloric density that I talked about and why certain foods are good for you and mm-hmm. why certain mm-hmm. foods are good for you, right? And that education, as much as, you know, went through school and, you know, they had the food guide and all that stuff mm-hmm. when we were kids, they never talked about it in that language. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard reading. It's 10 minutes up on the couch while you're drinking a coffee mm-hmm. on your phone. Like, you don't have to print anything off. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's gamified, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you just do it. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, don't let the cost burden be the excuse mm-hmm. because, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little secret. If you say no to their first <laughs> uh, Hopefully no one from Noom is listening to this, but <laughs> if you are, don't change that feature. <laughs> All right. But, you know, it's, it works. And, uh and so, you know, it's been a big part of it, but, you know, but I've, you know, I, I lost count. I know I've, I'm like 500 meals in, like I've tracked every meal for 500 meals. In. I love that. And, um, just, you know, as people see you and your, you know, just what you've accomplished in life and your career and your family, um, what's one misconception that you believe that people might have of, of John? That I work a lot. Yeah, we, I would say that. <laughs> People think I work like twenty four seven. Yeah, right. I do have my phone with me twenty four seven. Okay, all right, but um, it seems so because for all that you know, it's like you must just be consistently like learning and working. No, I'm, I'm just efficient. Yeah, uh, you know, I've learned how to be efficient over the years. 
I really embrace the concept of work and life integration. You mm. know, we used to talk about work and family balance. I mm. talked about more like work and family integration. I like that. I actually like that. When we when we came home, uh, you know, at the start of this pandemic, it got even more integrated. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and I have been very, I'm going to use the word strict, around creating those boundaries. Uh, you know, I'm. Um, I'm generally don't go to my desk until about eight o'clock in the morning. I'm generally off. Well, I not generally. I I don't take meetings between noon and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end of the day, I'm usually off the computer, back in the house, uh, five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe to put the back in the house reference in context, uh, my office. Is yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm re- I'm renovating the basement, so uh, my office was in the house. <laughs> around 10 o'clock on my phone though. I don't come back to my desk mm-hmm. I use you know, the Outlook app on my mm-hmm. phone and just kind of get my mind ready for the next day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I don't you know, I, you know after dinner that's family time mm-hmm. you know, my, you know, we didn't talk about it but you know, my wife and I live out here in the country on water uh, you know, in the summer just about every night we go kayaking after, oh, after dinner that's right? nice I don't know that, right? uh, but you know Generally speaking, from early May till right, right about now, Thanksgiving time frame, uh, you know, we'll we'll kayak and meet, and uh, and then you know we spend time together, in, you know, after that, you know, um, but you know, right before bed, I'll usually just take half an hour on my phone. And, mm-hmm. and get, but people think I work a lot more hours than I actually do. Yeah, I work. I try to work hard and work smart when I'm working. Uh, and, you know, the other part of it is I have the benefit of having a huge team mm-hmm. you know, of people that are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not afraid to delegate. Like, yeah, I don't need to do all the work myself. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably where the biggest challenge for others is is delegation is not a weakness. Mm-hmm. It's a strength. Mm-hmm. You can trust the talent in your team to do the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a mentor, a leader in our organization, uh, many years ago that brought out the point around uh, you know, your number one priority as a leader is to develop your talent mm. because other people actually get the work done. Yeah. You know, if you if you don't develop your team, you're gonna end up doing all the work. Yeah. And and you know, so that's the goal. And uh, and for everyone that's listening, that's a little bit of a sneak peek because John doesn't know, but we're gonna be bringing him back for our leadership series. <laughs> <laughs> So you just got a little bit of a tip on uh, what he might be talking about. But thank you for that. That was we didn't even plan that. That was just a <laughs> great a great lead into a season three uh, series that we'll be running. So, John, for one, thank you so much for you know sharing your story, your time, and energy here with me today. Messages um, out to the world because that's really what what you've done today. Um, I know you often on LinkedIn, um, share your mind. Uh, so I encourage everyone to listen to him, uh, to follow him first of all on LinkedIn. And he often shares messages with a very nice setting sometimes behind him, 
um, um, but do listen to his thoughts because um, they're always very meaningful. Um, and John is a parting question. And it's interesting because um, when we're recording this, there's another episode that he'll be in very excited that that airs this Thursday. And I think I asked you the same question, but you might not get the same answer. But um, but what does it mean to be to you to be empowered in my skin? Uh, I probably won't give you the same. No. <laughs> uh, the last time was actually the trigger for this conversation. Yeah. I didn't give you the answer uh, that that you know probably should have. Uh, you know, I think for me now is is feeling comfortable enough physically to be able to to you know feel confident in my body and how it's going to react. Uh, I you know when we did that last interview, I was partway through the journey and. You know, if you had asked me last, you know, February when I when I turned fifty, uh, you know, I was certainly mentally in a moment where I was of the view that my body was going to be the problem. Mm. And, uh, so there and now you have it. I, I trust you're saying to yourself, I'm fully empowered in my skin. And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you feel can benefit from the empowering content that we deliver. As Tom Billy said, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been fun hanging with you. It's your girl, and I'm out. Not hold myself back around doing the things I want to do as long as they're reasonable. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and at this point, I think I've, I've, you know, this journey in the last six months has given me the confidence that I can. Yeah, and you can, and you are, and you're inspiring as you do it. So thank you, John. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Um, this is amazing. We're bringing them back for more, so stay tuned for that. Um, but unfortunately, this is the time of the episode where I have to say we're out. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>